hot mess inside a dumpster fire inside a train wreck. And it's live again. It's another Take of Will's Take on Sports. I'm the host Will Walker. That was a hot mess last night as a Miami Heat fan. Absolute hot mess. And then Goran Drogic goes down with a non-contact injury. Bam out of bio. Shoulder. Um, the same shoulder he had problems with in the Boston series. Today's podcast, 10-1, first day of October. No bam, no chance. This was already a tough matchup for my Miami Heat. And uh, it just got harder. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you're listening to this podcast on demand, please go to my uh or whatever podcast platform that you're listening to this podcast on, please hit that like, follow, subscribe button. Also, I'm on social media on Instagram and Twitter at WWS underscore sports show. And also on Facebook, please go to my Facebook page and click the like button. Yeah, this was already a tough matchup for the Miami Heat. And it got tougher. I have nothing else to say. I said they had the two, the other team had the two best players. In the NBA, if you don't know this, I'm going to reiterate this fact. When you have two of the top five players in the league, you have a very good chance of winning. Miami has no answer for either one of those guys. They can play as hard as they want to. Pat Riley can wish. He can hope. Only thing they could do right now is take this as a learning experience and get a team that can compete against a team with two of the five best players in the league. Point blank, period. There's no other analysis to add to this. Your eyes told you what it was last night. They're bigger. The Heat don't have another quality big outside of Bam Adebayo, and Bam Adebayo is a point. He is a power forward. He is not a center. Pat Riley knows what he needs to do. He knows he needs to get bigger, more athletic on the wing, and he's also got to find um, some backcourt help, some NBA veteran experience backcourt help. I'm going to fast forward to the future in regards to the NBA offseason because this series, this series is over. It's a wrap. And I don't want Bam Adebayo to try to tough it out and come back and play. If he's injured, it's no don't, – don't risk it. It is what it is. This is a tough matchup. I know the kid has a lot – he has a ton of heart. He plays extremely hard. His skills will get better as he gets older. He's just 22 years old. The Heat will give him a max contract because if the Heat can find, I don't know who that will be, a big that can eat up some center minutes, least at the start of each half, the first half and the second half, and Bam is the closing center with a team full of with guys on the floor that are athletic wings. The Heat got to get more athletic on the wings. I like Duncan Robinson. I like Andre Iguodala. They're not athletic enough to stay in front of LeBron James. 
Jay Crowder is too small to guard Anthony Davis. I'm looking forward to the all season when the Heat have cap space because Goran Dragic's number will come off the books. There's no way the Heat are going to re-sign him for 17 mil if they do re-sign him. Kelly Olenek, is at, he has a player option. for he is, He's at 12 mil. And then we have Myers Leonard at 10, Jay Crowder at 7. So Pat Riley will have cap space to add guys uh, to the roster. I hope he doesn't swing for the fences because there's no swing for the fences type of uh, NBA free agent um, coming up in 2020 uh, in the offseason. There's no, there's no guy like that. Anthony Davis is going to resign with the Lakers. Let's just call that what it is. He will. And the restricted guys, I'm not giving up first-round picks for the likes of Brandon Ingram. No. I'm not, I won't even make him an offer. The Heat need to get athletic wings. There are some guys out there um, that can help them with size. I like Duncan Robinson. Again, his job is to come in and shoot. But for Miami to be a championship contender, he has to come off the bench. Tyler Hero, keep improving. Got to tighten his ball handling up. But, hey, this is the kid's first postseason run. Other than that, Miami's okay. This is this just was a tough matchup. That's all it was. It's, it's a very tough matchup playing against this team. The Heat would have had a better matchup with the Clippers because the Clippers are not as big as the Lakers. So, the Lakers will uh, go ahead and get their franchise best 17 NBA title. And um, LeBron James will win four. And then you'll have an off-season long debate when people are not talking about football, about whether he, uh, until basketball decides to come back sometime in 2021 or, or immediately after the after this four-game series because I think they're going to go ahead and sweep the heat now. Um, It'll be this GOAT conversation about him and Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan is 6-0, six, six NBA Finals MVPs. Michael Jordan is a uh, – he was a defensive player of the year along with MVP awards. The conversation ends there. I said this before, before the season started. I did say if LeBron wins, he could be in the conversation maybe for uh, greatest all-time challenge in Jordan. That's if this was a regular year. That break gave him a break. Everybody had to play in the bubble. I understand that. But that break gave him a break and to rejuvenate himself. Still doesn't diminish he won four titles. But I'm backing off of that. He could be in the gold conversation. If he had won in a regular year, yeah. But this has been a, a huge break for him. And for some of these young guys that came back even better than what we saw earlier in the season, i.e. Tyler Hero. But for me, in my opinion, there's a hell no. LeBron James is not even in Michael Jordan's neighborhood in regards to the GOAT conversation. I'm going to leave it there and move on. Going to talk about games and individual performances in sports that got my attention. Pay attention, Sonny. Pay attention. Hey, boy, pay attention to me when I'm talking to you. All right, before I get into the Major League Baseball playoffs, let me say this. Let me go back to Monday Night Football. Um, 
Kansas City showed that they're the class of the American Football Conference in the in the F and the L. I saw the post game comment by Lamar Jackson that said that uh, the Kansas City team is his kryptonite. Uh, no, you're basically basically Lamar Jackson is saying he's Superman. Uh, no, no sir. Uh, the Superman, if there is going, if we're going to give someone that label, it was the guy that's wearing number fifteen. Uh, the quarterback for Kansas City. Did you see that throw uh, to Hartman when he was backpedaling? This dude was backpedaling off his back foot 60 yards in the air. There are very few humans that have played that position of quarterback in the end of F and the L could do that. Very few. So if we wanted, if there is a Superman reference to any player that was on that field Monday night. That has to go towards Patrick Mahomes. Five total touchdowns in that game. Ran one in. He looked as if he was just having just too much fun out there. The Ravens built their defense to contend with Kansas City's offense. Jimmy Smith and Marcus Peters are a good pair of cornerbacks. A good pair of cornerbacks what Monday night show, a good pair of cornerbacks can't stop Kansas City's track team at wide receiver. Hardman, Watkins, Hill, done all open all day. You play these guys man-to-man, you're going to get the result that happened to the Baltimore Ravens. Their offensive line is picking up blitzes. That just gives those track stars or those track athletes they have at wide receiver an opportunity to get open. You're not going to beat that team trying to get to Patrick Mahomes with the blitz. Your best opportunity to beat Kansas City this season, I don't think they're going 16-0. One, I don't think there will be 16 NFL games played this year. That's just my opinion. See what happened with the Tennessee Titans. But anyway, you have to get to him with four guys and keep both safeties back. And then you got to stop the little young running back from LSU. Hilaire. Because he's also a threat for this team. Kansas City looks tough. They're not sold on that defense, but they look tough. And Lamar Jackson, I thought he improved as a passer. He is definitely an outstanding runner. But he better find a way to improve in that pocket as a passer. Because if not, his career could resemble Randall Cunningham. Because at some point, they're going to catch up to him. At some point. They're going to just, I'm serious. This has happened to a lot of guys. Ask Michael Vick. I know know what happened with him. And I know he took a break. But I'm just saying, even before that, eventually in that league, they catch up with you. Just going to put that out there. Not wishing injury on him, but he's going to have to find a way to throw that football from the pocket. And that's how it is. All right, turn to the Major League Baseball playoffs. I'm, the Marlins won. I'm going to start with the team I love. So the, Mar- the Miami Marlins won 5-1 in Chicago. Uh, surprising result as is that they're in the playoffs. Um. Starling 
Marte. This dude must his hand must have like something that says hit me on it when he's in a batter's box. And it has been a consistent thing um, over the last, I'll say since he joined the Marlins, probably the last 15, 16 games. This dude's gotten hit over and over and over again. And you saw his, well, if you didn't see it, he had, he was frustrated that he got hit again. Another inside pitch. Um, he said they say he have a, he has a broken bone uh, on his left hand uh, where his pinky is, the bone that connects to his pinky. So the Marlins are not sure if he's out, but I'm going to say it's going to be kind of hard to swing a bat <laughs> when you when with a broken bone in your hand. Just be kind of difficult, I would think. But anyway, the Marlins got the 5-1 win. Um, they're going to get the Cubs, I guess you could say, best pitcher, one of the best pitchers in Major League Baseball in you Darvish today. The Marlins get this sweep. It'll be a sh- that will be the shock of all shocks. I'm so serious because you Darvish is a very good pitcher. The Marlins are a team full of, uh, I guess you could say, major leaguers who they're major leaguers, but they're not stars. And then a bunch of uh, young prospects that they've gotten uh, over the years in return for uh, John Carlos Stanton, Marcelo Suna, Christian Yelich, uh, the catcher that went to the Phillies. So they this this is what this team is made of, and today one of their uh, one of the uh, return players they got in a trade um, for the guys they unloaded their salaries, their quality players that they had, um, their young star pitcher Sanchez. He's supposed to be on the mound today. All I know when I seen this kid pitch is that he can throw hard as heck, but if he has to throw, uh, that's a fastball. If he has to throw anything off speed, good luck. It may hit the it may hit the batter, it may bounce in the dirt, it may it, he just has little control of his off speed, but he can throw a fastball, and that's not good in the major leagues because <laughs> these guys hit fastballs. That seems to be a easy, uh, easy pitch to hit for major leaguers is the straight fastball. They eventually catch up to it unless you're throwing 110 miles an hour, 101 miles an hour. But anyway, and this kid throws mid-90s, and he throws hard, but he has little control um, throwing uh, off-speed pitches. The Yankees got rid of the Cleveland professional baseball team. The Yankees in both of these games against uh, Cleveland uh, got double-digit runs. The Yankees are tough, man. But again, I saw this analysis about the Yan- the, all the other pitchers the Yankees have besides Garrett Cole. And they said Tanaka's a big-game pitcher. If you have to label somebody just a big-game anything, a big-game player or a big-game pitcher, that means they're inconsistent. That's what that means. They show up for the big games. Well, that means they're inconsistent. You know, that's a nice way of just saying the guy's inconsistent. Tanaka is, is inconsistent. He's a hit or miss. He'll give you a solid performance, with, and he may give you what he gave the Yankees yesterday against Cleveland. A stinker. That's just what he is. So Garrett Cole and Chapman, the closer, that's pretty much the quality pitching that the New York Yankees have and some other bullpen guys. But the Yankees can hit and hit for average with LeMahieu driving in the winning run. John Carlos Stanton knocking in two home runs in the two games in this series. Aaron Judge getting a home run. 
Luke Voigt, the Yankees are, they can hit. Pitching? Uh, maybe they, may, they may not need pitching because it's not just the Yankees that just have one quality starter. I don't think there's very few teams in this uh, Major League Baseball uh, tournament that has two quality starters. So maybe being able to hit and hit the deep ball mixed in with a couple of uh, guys who hit for average, maybe that's the formula to get the New York Yankees at World Series and having a ace quality pitcher like Garrett Cole. The other team um, that I picked to be in the World Series and actually to win it all, the Los Angeles Dodgers won last night. Walker Bueller started. They're saving Clayton Kershaw for game two. That was a great strategic move by Dave Roberts. That basically says if we win game one, we should get game two. Nothing's guaranteed with Clayton Kershaw in the postseason. Um, he's just He just hasn't been good. They're going to need him to be good in the postseason, starting with today's game. If not, there'll be a game three. But Mookie Betts. Showed why he's a 5-2 player. Two doubles in that ball game. Scored a run. Knocked in one. Uh, Corey Sager. Cody Bellinger. Muncie. Pollock. The Dodgers are the most talented team in the National League. That's why I picked them. And it's going to be hard to beat them. The team that could give them a run in the National League. The Atlanta professional baseball team got away with one yesterday, and the Reds wasted Bowers' start. Mr. Strutt off the mound himself when he strikes people out. He pitched a great game, 12 strikeouts yesterday in seven innings. He just baffled the uh, Atlanta hitters, except for Acuna Jr., who got a double off of him. But that was the only extra base hit he gave up in that game. Um, Atlanta can hit, too. They 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 can hit. They got. I was surprised with the uh, freed kid uh, that started game one. Very surprised with that. But he came out, played well, did what he was supposed to do, give his team a chance. And both teams um, were stymied by the pitching, off the the quality pitching off the mound by both teams. And well, there you go. The uh, Atlanta professional baseball team was able to get that one run as Freddie Freeman, the possible uh, National League um, MVP this year, knocked in the winning run. In other games, the Tampa Bay Rays are moving on. They will play the Yankees in the divisional round, so that's the best of five. And the Tetros are moving on as Minnesota just flat out can't win in the postseason. They've lost 18 straight games, as the graphics showed when they showed this highlight on the four-letter network. Um, I got nothing about the Chitros. Happy for Dusty Baker, but as far as the, the, the core, the guys that's been on that team, I can care less. I really I, I want to see them get bounced out, and the Twins had one job, and they sucked, and they didn't get it done. So it is what it is. Uh, the only series that's going the distance – the three games in uh, the American League is the Chicago Chicago White Sox and the Oakland A's. Uh-huh. And right now, so today, we're going to see if Atlanta can close them out, close out Cincinnati. They should be able to. 
but who knows? Uh, like I said, the Marlins are going to have a handful with uh, U Darvish today. And we got St. Louis, the team that made a solid postseason run last year, again getting in the postseason, getting the things you need to do in the Major League Baseball postseason, timely hitting and quality pitching and good defense. And hence why they have a 1-0 lead in their series over San Diego. They kept Fernando Tatis in check. And that's huge. That's huge. He's a quality player. All right. I also like to pick five games from the NFL. And I usually try to pick these games based on winning percentages um, of the two teams. But there are only three matchups that's going to happen on Sunday where both teams have a winning record. So this was a little bit. This was tough uh, to come up with five games. But I did. And anyway, here's the five games I'm going to pick. All right, here's a, the matchup between two teams with good records. The Colts are 2-1, the Bears are 3-0. Oh. The Colts are actually favored in this game by 2.5 points, basically a field goal. All right, for the Bears, Nick, uh, Nick Foles is in, Mitchell Trubisky is out. Sit still, Mitchell Trubisky, you're not done. Because Nick Foles will some way, somehow, make sure you get back on the field. It'll be, either, it'll be his play, and I'm not wishing this on him, or an injury. That is what Nick Foles' career has been. Sorry, not wishing it, but that's what it has been. If he makes it through these last 13 games, it'll be surprising to yours truly. The Bears should win, uh, but the Colts play just play decent defense also. I don't think this game will be anywhere near entertaining to watch. So if you don't live in the Chicago or the Indianapolis market, you should be happy that you don't have to watch this game. Because I think this will be a snooze fest and the Bears should take the game at home outright. All right. The Cleveland Browns versus the Dallas Cowboys. The Cleveland Browns uh, in consecutive games have beaten the Washington professional football team and the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, in the game against the Bengals on a Thursday night, they gave up 30 points. And if uh, Dwayne Haskins can throw a better ball, they probably would have gave up just that many points to the Washington professional football team. But they didn't. Um, the commercial star they have playing quarterback for them is getting a lot of credit because I think he only has two interceptions so far this year. The man's thrown over 200 yards in one game, and that was against the Bungles. Yeah, he's turned the corner. Anyway, the Cowboys have an offense that can – they're a top offense in the league. It's obvious. Dak just got to cut down on the mistakes, um, put his team in position uh, to win ball games because he's not going to get much help from his defense. But shout-out to Alton Smith. He had a good game uh, last week against Seattle. I think Alton Smith would be able to get to Baker Mayfield, and that's if Baker Mayfield drops back the pass on enough times, but I don't think he will because what the what the Browns' strength is is Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Both have both of those guys have over 200 yards rushing so far this year. All right, the Cowboys are getting – the Cowboys are giving four and a half points in this game. I think the Cowboys handled the Browns real easy. I think Dak Prescott redeems himself. I hope he doesn't make a turnover. But then again, I've always said this. I, well, not always said this. I said this lately. I'm never picking the Browns as long as Baker Mayfield's the quarterback. That ends that discussion right there. Give me the Cowboys 
to cover the four and a half points. Bills at the Raiders. The Bills are three and zero. They're my pre preseason Super Bowl pick. I'm gonna try to told you straight up. I will jump off a bandwagon real quick. I picked the Bills to make the Super Bowl this year. I'm not confident about that pick at all because I seen the defense play against the Miami Dolphins and then last week against Jared Goff and the Rams when they got a lead and they, if it wasn't for a pass interference call, they would have lost. The Buffalo Bills would have. Their defense just doesn't look like it did last season so far through three games. They're going at the Raiders, this young team that got embarrassed at uh, New England last week, but they are a good young team. And they're going to give the Bills a fight in this game. I don't think this will be a cakewalk for the Bills at all. Matter of fact, I know the Bills are favored by the field goal, but I think the Raiders pull the upset at home and win. Uh, Derek Carr, the Waller kid at tight end, of course they got that dog on dog at running back and Jacobs. So I think the Raiders bounce back at home and go ahead and beat uh, Buffalo. I saw something that somebody said that the Buffalo Bills offense is 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 uh on it is one is one is probably right behind Kansas City or could be equal to Kansas City because of Stephon Diggs and John Brown. That person must be has lost their mind. The Kansas City offense is all time all time great. That's the Buffalo Bills offense is good. That's it. I know Josh Allen has played well through three games. But Josh Allen is not Patrick Mahomes. And their receivers, Stephon Diggs and John Brown and Beasley, eh, they good. They good. But Kansas City is all-time, all-time good with the quarterback, the receiver, and the tight end, and now they got a young running back and that offensive line. Get the heck out of here. I know people sometimes, I know they got to feel content on these shows, but some of this stuff I hear is just like, I'm, my TV must be messed up or something. I just don't get it. But give me the Raiders to cover uh, to actually get the upset win. All right. Patriots at Kansas City. Kansas City is a touchdown favorite. I think they beat this team by more than a touchdown. Patriots are a nice story so far. Glad for Cam Newton for coming back. The offense is moving behind that running game. In order for the Patriots to not get absolutely uh, mollywopped in this game, they're going to have to keep Patrick Mahomes on the sideline. They're going to have to control the ball. Which they do anyway, because they they're not that explosive on offense. I mean, they don't they they don't have really they're not very explosive. They are a plotting team, strong running game, and that's that's been the success for them so far this year. And that's what it's going to take in this game to keep Kansas City on the, Kansas City's offense on the sideline. Let's see if Kansas City's defense is as good as, it, as it's been so far uh, against the run. And then uh, so far they've shown this year. Let's just say that. Because one thing the Patriots will try to do is run the ball, and they're going to try to control the clock. Bill Belichick's not stupid. He knows. You can only hold Patrick Mahomes in that offense for so long. But I think this will be a double-digit win. I won't, I'll take Kansas City in all those points, and I think they'll get that win at home. All right, the Sunday night football game is the Eagles and the 49ers. This is real simple. The, the Eagles tied the Bengals last week. I don't care who's missing for the 49ers. I'm going to say this one more again. The Eagles tied Cincinnati 
Enough said. Eagles are, I mean, the 49ers are touchdown favorite. Give me all those points. Just give them to me. I'll take it. 49ers should win that game real easy. I don't care if D Ford and Bozer's out and the starting backfield for the 49ers, uh, Mozart and uh, Jimmy Garofalo's not playing. It doesn't matter. Carson Wentz is whatever he is right now. And the rest of that team is just really just preseason hype. That's really what the Eagles are. They tied the Bengals. That's enough said. There's nothing else to talk about in regards to that. All right, before I get out of here, I just want to talk about uh, the European uh, football. You know it as soccer. Uh, the German Super Cup happened yesterday. Really, this is just a glorified preseason game in the Bundesliga or in Germany. Uh, Bayern Munich was uh, the two best teams in the Bundesliga played. Uh, uh, Bayern Munich going up against Borussia Dortmund. And the reason I'm mentioning this is because Alfonso Davies, the Canadian that plays uh, the fullback, I think he plays left back on the left side of the pitch for Bayern Munich. He now can cross the ball in the box. He's already pacey or fast. And he causes all kinds of problems from that backline position. The last step in the process of him moving to that elite fullback level was his crossing ability. And he made a a pass in the box with a cross that's top-level, world-class footballer level. He does that consistently. He will be right there with Alexander Arnold as the best fullback in the world because that was an outstanding cross. Again, that kid came up through the MLS system, even went to an uh, – one of the team's academies. So I'm really happy for him and what he's doing on with a big-level club in Europe, in Bayern Munich. So, oh, real quick, before I get out of here, my Manchester City side redeemed themselves <laughs> in the Carabao Cup. That's a domestic tournament. They play in-season uh, tournaments uh, in these European leagues and the English actually played two in-season uh, tournaments. But anyway, they they redeemed themselves as they got a 3-0 win. They're moving on to the quarterfinals. Raheem Sterling actually was able to find a net this time. That's that's a good thing. That's a good thing. But they still need those two big guys back. All right. That's my time. Thank you guys so much for listening to the show. I close the show the same way every single time I say a prayer for somebody because prayer changes things. I holla. Be safe. <laughs>